and the other pigments that are in the leaf start showing up because the green is breaking down. So with reds, you've got a compound called anthocyanins. Yellows, I think, are called cytokinins, cytokinin. And orange would be carotenes. So every color has its own kind of chemical compound that causes that color to show up uh, once the green chlorophyll breaks down. Welcome back to the Helpful Gardeners podcast. This week, we're diving more into autumn with a trees and shrubs discussion. Is there anything more iconic uh, than uh, the autumn picture of the trees changing colors? Oh, right, though. You know, like, sure, you think autumn and and yeah, there's all the other things, uh, cozy sweaters, fireplaces, pumpkins and all of that. But I guarantee you, I've never done it, but if you go to Google Images, type in the word autumn and hit search, I'm willing to bet the first 20 pictures are all trees. Okay, Colin. Let's let's do this. Googling See, autumn. You, you sit there with a laptop. I, I make bold <laughs> okay. claims. Okay, you're right. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> all right. It is definitely the symbol of the season yeah. for sure. And I know, I mean... You know, we work at a garden center and and so we get to see the, the changing trees in the greenhouse. But, you know, you're a hiker. And so do you do you go out and you go out and, you know, the I'm already, foliage? I'm already uh, thinking about various hikes I can do to go and see uh, the larches mm-hmm. are the big one. Yeah. Um, and whatnot. But you, you know what I think is is so, so cool about Canada is the diversity you get. I've recommended people. Nobody's ever done it which speaks volumes for my <laughs> recommendations, actually. But I've, I've recommended uh, people, um, if you're going to go uh, to Montreal, go in the autumn. Yeah. Because the, the summer, it's gorgeous. I love Montreal summers, but they are very, very hot and humid. Mm-hmm. In the fall, it cools down and you get oranges and you get the full spectrum of, of autumn color. Um, where where here uh, in the mountains, even if you go across into BC, it's it's very yellow. It is very yellow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, even you were just talking about the larches, and they they get into that really bright yellow, and it's one of the most popular activities for yeah. Albertans and British Columbians to go find a hike and, and enjoy the, the 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 tree. And I mean, especially since in Alberta. Uh, larches are just generally better for colder climates. Yep. And so we get blessed with a whole bunch of them. So well, I think like Kananaskis is probably one of the most important. Yes. Most it, popular. It, last year, uh, our colleague Krista. Yep. Um, so Krista's an avid, avid hiker. And uh, her and I were talking and I can't remember which trail she did, but she uh, went out hiking. Now, Krista, uh, she's she gets an early start. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she went out. Uh, Went for a hike, saw saw the beauty, uh, uh, the changing uh, of the larches and the other trees and whatnot. When she came back, she said the parking lot was full and both sides of the highway for a kilometer in each direction were full. Wow. Because everybody was like, got to get out of town, got to see it. And yeah, okay, there's, there's that whole thing. Oh, do you follow trends, blah, blah, blah. But it is so, if you've never done it, because I... I'm a, I'm, I'm a pretty competent photographer. I have never, you know, when you're somewhere and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. I got to take a picture. And then uh, you get home and you're looking at the pictures and you're like, I did not do it justice. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. 
That's what the larches are like for me. So that's what we're looking forward to. It's amazing how, you know, this time of year, us plant nerds can really take pride in uh, in the beauty of the season. Yep. And it's such a popular touristy thing. But getting back even into the city, I'm starting to see a lot of the leaves changing on all of the trees around the city. Um, do you have any changing leaves in your garden? Cotoneasta. <gasps> yes. Those ones actually tend to get some red in them, yeah, don't they? They get the they, they, they yellow, orange and red. Mm -hmm. and, it, and I love it. Um, this time of year where it's still, you know, technically, technically we're not into autumn yet. We're still late summer. Mm -hmm. So I love it now when I look at um, like the Cotoneasta hedge and it's still, you know, 60, maybe 70% green, but mm -hmm. that 30% are changing. And it's like in the spring, you know, in the spring where uh, you're looking at your tomato plant, well, not the spring, but early summer. Well, for me, it was spring because I started my tomato so early and you see that first bright red tomato mm -hmm. and then there's the one behind it that's kind of pinkish and then the one behind it that's still green yeah and it's the same thing with the leaves yeah where you see them going green and then there's the one that's it's kind of pale and and it's yellowish and then you've got that bold red jumping mm -hmm. out and mm. that's what I love to see oh I do and we my mom has a cotoneaster as well yeah and so I've been enjoying that in her garden she has them in the front and the back I mean typical Berta right <laughs> but yep. but um the other thing she has is a crab apple tree oh and this time of year it's harvest season right yeah and so if you have an apple tree a fruit tree um in your backyard or wherever this is going to be the time to start getting all that fruit down right and it's quite the charm my mom has had this crab apple tree I mean I'm 30 and she She's been living in that house for almost 30 years. And so that tree's pretty big and, and it's a big charge. The fragrance of the apples. I mean, yes. Okay. I know we talk about the blossoms, but that apple smell. Mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. a neighbor has a tree uh, and it's in the front yard and it's right on the corner. And I walk under it nearly every day and I'm just like, oh my God, it smells so good. And you get to enjoy it and yep. not have to pick up the fruit. <laughs> I, don't, I, I get to kick them down the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> like a little hoodlum. Um, have you ever seen uh, one of my favorite shrubs um, is the burning bush? Uh, oh, is that the, the, I think it's called Turkestan burning bush? Yeah, there's, there's yeah, there oh, is it's one different? Like that. And there's, a, yeah, the different varieties. Yeah. They're all the same. It's a burning bush, mm -hmm. uh, euonymus. They do nothing to speak of. Mm -hmm. it, not really a, a substantial leaf, just kind of a, an oval leaf and uh, nothing really to look at. It's interesting. Uh, some of the branches have like wingtips. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an interesting branch, but when it's full of leaves, you don't really see the branches. And they're really just kind of, uh, you'd forget about them. They blend into the background that easy. Nice, nice green, but that's it. At this time of year, they go full scarlet. Oh. It is absolutely incredible. Like they, they really come into their own at mm -hmm. this time of year. And I love seeing uh, one of those in your landscape. Uh, during the summer, it's not going to take away from your flowers and your blooms and your perennials and whatnot. Uh, in the spring, your, your flowering trees, your flowering shrubs, you know, let them have their moment. Your yeah. double flowering plums. Okay. Yeah. You got spring. Go away now. Um, and then the burning bush command center stage at this time of year. It's fantastic. Yeah. You know, it's funny going down into the tree lot and then you go down to the to the burning bush section and throughout the entire spring and summer, there are so many. And then as soon as those leaves turn, it's like, bam, they get their center yep. stage front row. Like, hi, I'm yep. Autumn Bush. Exactly. You, you can't do it justice. Yeah. You can't. You tell people and they go, oh yeah, sure. <laughs> and then they see it and they go, oh my God. Like sold out in a week once yeah. they change. <laughs> exactly. They are, they are that good. And, um, that new, I can't think of the name of it right now. It just frost is Jack Frost maple. 
Oh yes, all those hybrids we yeah. have in. And the red they go. Yeah. It's it, literally the the maple leaf, the, yep. the the maple leaf flag. Um red like that and I mean there's so many I I know and I I know for a fact I've known you for long enough now. Uh fall is your jam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, speaking of which, um uh Vicky, uh you gave me a gift from Vicky <laughs> this week. And um she knows me so well. <laughs> uh, she got me a pumpkin spice latte coffee crisp. And how how delicious was it? Oh, my gosh. So here's the thing. I was like, Brandy, just save it for the podcast. Open it up. Eat it. I probably ate it five minutes after you gave it to me. I could- <laughs> But you can talk about it on the podcast. I mean, yes. Here's some ASMR of yeah. the rapper. Nom, 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 right? Nom, nom. Oh, it was so. <laughs> but you. You. You love your sweaters. I do. I yeah. love everything about it. I really do. Um, you know, the fall and the spring, I find um, maybe it's just because it's sort of the in-between seasons. It's not too hot, not too cold. All you need is a light sweater, like that kind of vibe. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for fall. And I was really excited to to for us to sit down with our special guest yeah. this week because we brought back our good friend, Jean. Yeah. Right. Tree expert Jean. And he he spent some time with me just chatting about the kinds of things that you're going to do in the autumn with your trees and your shrubs just to prepare them for the winter time and giving some suggestions on some autumn interest shrubs and trees. And actually, it was interesting because you and I were talking about the more common ones that you see down in the tree lot. And he just kind of came out with a whole bunch of different kinds, like rarer kinds yep. of trees and shrubs you might find in other places ac- across the country. So, you know, I'm pretty. Uh- uh, pretty proficient when it comes to gardening. Um, but there's certain, you could be a doctor. You're obviously very skilled, but then you have specialists. Yeah. Uh, I'm a gardener, but then we have specialists. We have arborists and we have Shelley for lawns and whatnot. Um, and, and John comes at it with a different approach because, you know, w- one thing, like when we, when we spoke uh, the other day, shout out to our new friends at uh, the Willow Glen Country Club. Yes. You know, uh, when we had a chance to speak to the, the Fish Creek uh, Rotary Club, a uh, fantastic group of people, a lot of fun. They, they did send me some questions. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, I got some questions. Somebody's having trouble with raspberries. Somebody needs some help with a tree. Yeah. Great. In the spring, everybody is gung-ho. We see it by the amount of volume we have here. Everybody wants in the garden. Yes. And at this time of year, I don't know whether it's not, because we kind of go, oh, well, winter's going to kill everything. Uh, and we kind of get those winter blues. Or if we're all tired and we kind of just want that break from gardening, we want to do something else. I'm just in a pumpkin spice coma yeah. all, like all season long. <laughs> You're like, uh, gardening? Does no. that involve pumpkin spice fireplaces and sweaters? I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it doesn't? We're no, good. okay. <laughs> but we, we all have a different lens and we forget that um, – the garden still needs stuff from us. Yeah. Um, and our trees and shrubs, which a lot of times, you know, I, I ask people about the work they're doing on their trees and shrubs mm-hmm. and they just kind of take them for granted. Yeah. They're just like, oh, well, my tree's always there. My, 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 it's Tony asked a hedge. I don't do anything to it. And you're like, well, if you, maybe you should fertilize it, give it a little bit of water. And at this time of year, if we're neglecting them in the spring and the summer because we're doing our annuals and our tomatoes and our perennials and whatnot, we're probably really neglecting them now. So yeah. having somebody like Jean talk about different focuses and uh, care techniques and whatnot, I'm I, I'm excited to, um, you know, I'm busy in my booking season right now and uh, I've enjoyed you doing the interviews because then I get to <laughs> listen to them as a viewer. I haven't been part of them. And I'm always excited. 
John is just such an easy to talk to guy about anything. Yes. And he's extremely passionate about his trees. Exactly. So I, I'm going to be very interested in, uh, in in your interview. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, during our interview, we we chatted with Jean about not only those autumn interest trees and shrubs that you can include in your garden, but we also talked about some of those practices. So watering, when you should stop water. We right. also talked about fertilizing. Again, same question. You know, when do you stop fertilizing? Yep. What kinds of fertilizer do you give? Um, and then we also ch- talked a little bit about pruning. Okay. Yeah. Right. Which seems to be um, a bit of a of a of a of an interesting subject to a lot of folks, just because you're, you, it's all about timing, right? And about the proper technique. So yep. we don't go too much into the technique side of things, but more so about the timing and just you know when's it when's it a good time to call in an arborist, right? Uh, before before we get to that interview, what is your ultimate? favorite thing about autumn is it and you can include like halloween you can include anything you want but what is your favorite thing about autumn oh that's such a good question i feel like my favorite thing is definitely walking outside and just like appreciating the season for what it is i feel like especially in the more seasonal places in the country where you have all four seasons represented, yep. you have the cold winters, you have the really hot summers and in alberta we have a lot of like the dry climate as well and so actually being able to appreciate the season and and take it all in and the the beauty of it nice. i think is so important and and especially with as you were saying how busy we are it's so important to take those moments yep. for yourself and to just go out and and enjoy it what about you it's pumpkin spice isn't it <laughs> uh no no honestly you know what i think i like the best uh the cool crisp nights and the warm days oh i love that you know during the day you're in uh you're in shorts and a t-shirt and it's warm and it's beautiful and the sun is shining but at night you have to put on a sweater or a hoodie so what does the back of your car look like is it just like a suitcase full of clothes (laughs) it's it's like oh my god i I can't find my hoodie where is it oh it's in the back of the car with my (laughs) toque and i start digging stuff out but yeah it's it's exactly that time of year where you know, what's suitable attire for the morning is not suitable attire for the afternoon. Yeah. But I love those. I I love, I love, nothing makes me happier than a uh, cold bedroom and a warm bed. Mm-hmm. That is, I sleep like a king in those temperatures. That has been the vibe this past week for yeah. sure. I'm like wearing socks to bed, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. Weird for me at least. Cause yeah. I mean, all summer you're just trying to get cool. And so right yeah. now we're like, oh. All this summer, you're like, oh, uh, what am I wearing to bed? Ice cubes. <laughs> Ice cubes is what I'm wearing I had a, to bed. I had a freezer thing, like a, like a, like a, it was like, we know those packs that are like hot or cold. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I put it in the freezer and that saved me. So uh, years ago when I lived in Montreal, so I, I was talking about how hot the Montreal summers were. Mm-hmm. I was, I was landscaping. It was unbearable. Mm-hmm. And it really doesn't feel like it cools down at night. It's just hot and humid and sticky. I came up with an amazing idea. Uh, put my clothes uh, for the next day in the freezer. Oh! So when I put them on, I'm putting them on. Now I'm going to warm up quick, of course, but yeah. you get that nice, cool effect in the morning. Worked really good. The only advice I can give is don't put your underwear in the freezer. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm wake you up in the morning. <laughs> oh my god! 
I wouldn't have even thought of that. Yeah. But I took all of my clothes and they were all folded up. And I was like, oh, this is a fantastic. I am. I am so smart. Nobody's smarter than me. I kind of want to do that for like when I get home and I have to change. Like always keep a set of clothes yeah. in the freezer. Oh, because it's it, the summer is unbearable. But I love I love having an outdoor fire. Yeah. Because you, in the summer you have a fire. Sure, it's a nice aesthetic. But. In the summer, you have a fire and you're moving further away from it because you're like, this is ungodly <laughs> yeah. warm. But in the fall, you you want to be close to it and mm. that crackling and, mm. you know, roasting marshmallows and roasting pumpkin spice. <laughs> I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I wanted to include I'd love it. to see you try. Yeah, game challenge accepted. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I, I really, I, you know, I had a lot of fun. Uh, plus, you, you know what? I, I, I There is a bias here. Not only are the people that we talk to experts in their field, but I'm going to give a shout out here to uh, people we've spoke to and and every guest. I don't want to forget everybody. But not only are they experts in their field, but they're also wholly likable people. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy, like, I loved listening to you and Shelly. Yeah. Right. And I, I love listening because they're, they're likable people. They're not just experts. They're you get along with them and you can listen to them and they're relatable. So I, I am excited to hear what you and Jean talked about. Well, and if any, anybody missed our first podcast with Jean in the spring about trees and shrubs, uh, Jean has been passionate about horticulture since early childhood. His family heritage is actually rooted in farming and forestry. Uh, Jean's first industry appearance was at 16 years old here at Golden Acre. Um, in the late 90s, he went on to study arboriculture at Old College in Alberta, graduated with a bachelor's degree in applied science with honors. In 2002, Jean started Tree Frog and grew it into one of the most successful arborist companies in Calgary, Alberta. A few years ago, uh, he took a much needed break. And now, since 2022, has been the proud owner of Let It Grow. Thank you so much for being here with us, Jean. How was your summer? Uh, it was busy. I yeah? mean, it, being a horticulturalist, it kind of comes without saying, right? Mm-hmm. It's some <laughs> make hay while the sun shines. <laughs> I like it that. It <laughs> goes for farmers, but it goes for uh, hort people and plant people as well. Yeah. As, as an arborist, is that is the summertime your busiest season or? Uh, summertime typically is the busiest time, although I wish we were just steady year round because trees are, they're above ground. Mm-hmm. They, there's no limitation or anything that dictates uh, what time of year they can be pruned on or worked on, I, I should say. Yeah. Um, you know, nature will throw storms at them 365 days a year and they are naturally adapted to recover from any type of in- injury regardless of time of year. Yeah. And I I don't know if I said this last time, but anytime you make a pruning cut on a tree, I view, I view it as a, an injury, even though it's an intentional injury, you mm-hmm. still need to make it with precision, purpose and, and good reason. I, it was a really weird summer. Colin and I were talking about it earlier a couple of weeks ago, just how it wasn't like incredibly hot. It was just very strange. Did you find that this year was a little bit different than others? I don't know. It's hard to say. Every year is is different. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's part of us being humans living on this living earth is, yeah. is it's always different and changing. Uh, but I would say it, it, it was smoky. I think everybody could attest to that. It was really smoky and hazy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that had an impact on our perception as to how the weather was this year. Mm-hmm. I thought last summer was hotter than this summer. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you. It was pretty dry this summer. Yeah, absolutely. And now that we're shifting gears into the autumn season, are you a fan of fall? Oh, I love fall. I'm a fall baby. I was born in the fall. So. No way. 
Yeah, definitely one of my favorite seasons. It's, yeah. it's hoodie season. It is. <laughs> get out your bunny hugs for those who are from Saskatchewan. Oh, there you go. Um, what's your what is your favorite thing about fall? Uh, I like the sound of the leaves, the falling leaves, the turning of the colors. Uh, but my absolute favorite thing is the glow that the sun puts out uh, at um, dawn and dusk when oh. it's just setting. Uh, it, it's like it's almost magical how it looks. Especially here on the prairies, we get those beautiful prairie sunrises and sunsets. And one of the cool things that I love about fall is the fact that we get larch trees. Um, I know I've already started to look up like five amazing larch trails that you can go and visit in Kananaskis. And I'm already planning everything. And because larch trees, if I'm not mistaken, those ones prefer a colder climate, right? Uh, they prefer colder climate and they are very tolerant of dry conditions as well. I feel like it's a very underrated tree. What is it? A coniferous deciduous or <laughs> how would you describe a larch tree for those who don't know? Yeah, it, basically it's a conifer that... Uh, it loses its needles mm -hmm. and then grows new needles every every year. And they just turn this beautiful yellow color in the fall, right? Yeah. It draws so many crowds. Even uh, here in Alberta, if you were to go to Banff, um, it's amazing how a tree can attract so much tourism to a certain place. I mean, roads will shut down just with the pure amount of people coming to visit these trees. And like, you can have these trees right in your own backyard here in Alberta, at least, which is really special. But trees, I feel like there's so much to appreciate about them, especially this time of year. And especially when we're looking at our own gardens, I sort of want to pick your brain a little bit on, on fall interest trees and shrubs. Um, you must have seen in your travel some really nice trees and shrubs options for for gardeners even here in Alberta or even across the country right yeah absolutely uh one species of shrub that I think is very forgotten or lost is the nanny berry the nanny berry okay yeah yeah like you, you can even hear the question in in your voice saying <laughs> the nanny berry uh it's a beautiful shrub and the red and purple uh tones that come out of it are just amazing yeah. and um it, it's uh yeah I, I find it's very underutilized in the landscape same with arrowwood is a very uncommon one uh yeah. one that's a bit more common would be the uh, Mohican wayfaring tree or uh, the viburnum. Those are so pretty. They've got little white flowers on them, yep. right? Yeah. 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 Or there's the uh, cranberries. Uh, one that's a, a bit more common and well known for its red fall color uh, would be the amur maple. Mm -hmm. And uh, make sure the hot wings maple is uh, a variety of tetarian maple. So they'll turn more of a yellow and a brown. Yeah. Whereas the amur will definitely get that orange and red coloration to it. Are those the ones that have the the red seed pods attached? That's the them? hot wings maple. That's the hot wings yeah. maple. So that one will have yellow leaves, but it does have the the red seed pods, so which are very attractive. Yes, yeah, so striking. Um, I, a neighbor down the street has one, and when you you know, like that's like a sign for fall for me too. It's like, you see that hot wings maple just turn and the red seed pods come out and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Uh, green ash would be one that, uh, 
I, I think they look beautiful mm-hmm. with the yellow colors that they put out. Yeah. Um, they're a more vibrant yellow than mm-hmm. say like your Aspen or your Poplar. Yeah. Uh, and like we were talking about before, larches are just amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you get some interesting yellow coming out of spruce and pine. Uh, I mean, the phone in the tree lot goes nuts at this time <laughs> of year. Spruces and pines, uh, oftentimes at this time of year, uh, you'll notice some yellowing on the lower and interior needles. And it's a perfectly normal and natural phenomena that the trees go through. And it's shocking uh, because it happens very rapidly. So a lot of people will call into the tree lot and say, oh, what's wrong with my tree? It's yellowing. And as soon as we kind of find out the location of the yellowing being on the lower interior growth, uh, that's the tree's way or process of saying out with the old and in with the new. There's a lot of processes that you should be doing in the fall when it comes to trees and shrubs. And a lot of folks around this time of year are sort of like, I'm done gardening. Like, I don't need to do anything in the garden. And so let's switch gears a little bit to some of the the garden chores that come with taking care of our trees and shrubs and preparing them for winter. And one of the things that I really want to talk about is water, because, I mean, we're familiar in Calgary with this water ban that's been on for um, like a month or so. A lot of people are sort of just watching out for their water a little bit more. I want to know how long can you go watering your trees and shrubs before you should stop? I would say it really the answer. uh, And I said this on the last podcast with horticulture, the answer is always, it depends. Yeah. And it depends on the amount of moisture that's already in the soil. Mm -hmm. So the best thing you could do is use one of those moisture probes. Uh, They're really popular for houseplants, but they work great for mineral or garden soils as well. Yeah. I carry one in my consultation bag uh, religiously Mm -hmm. with the, the trees, shrubs, or even your perennials, just make sure that there's staying on the slightly moist side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't want to have them overwatered or underwatered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the fall and sometimes in the, in the winter under enough snow cover and insulation, the roots are still active and growing uh, during the uh, late fall and early winter months. I know here in Alberta, we have the Chinooks. And so um, should we be worried about watering during Chinooks? I would say watering during Chinooks, uh, it depends on, it depends yep, <laughs> on the, uh, the amount of moisture in the soil. Usually the Chinooks will be enough to dry out kind of the top, very small layer of soil. But if you've watered things in well in the fall, that should stay frozen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, with the upper or above ground portion of the plant really whatever the Chinooks do to that plant uh, is out of our control. We can't mm-hmm. control, um, we can't control the, the effect that Chinooks have on our plants. And really what's hard on them is the constant freeze thaw, freeze thaw. Yeah. So in areas like, um, even just north of Calgary in Edmonton, where they're not in that Chinook belt, mm-hmm. they can grow cedars like it's nothing. Uh, whereas here in Calgary, we struggle and that's because the species, uh, isn't, um, adapted to a freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw cycle. It's uh, it's easy to pick on cedars, but I notice a lot of winter desiccation and freeze-thaw damage on non-native species like the Colorado blue spruce. Mm. Uh, you'll find after winters of a lot of Chinook activity uh, in the spring, once things finally get going, you see a lot of purpling and browning on them. 
uh, but you don't see it as much on native species like the white spruce. Mm, what is the purpling? Because I've seen that on an evergreen near my house and I always thought it was normal. Is it not normal? Uh, no, it's it's from freeze thaw and desiccation. Wow. So does that mean it's like dead or? No, not necessarily. Okay. Now the needles themselves, uh, yes, they they die. But as long as the bud survives... Yeah. Then it's able the tree is able to put out new growth and make up for what it's lost. Oh, cool. Well, that makes me feel a little better about the evergreen. Yeah, it, it's not good for it, but it's not uh, typically not kind of a the end game for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you're doing the work right now in the autumn and making sure you're watering in your trees and shrubs, they're going to make it through the, the, the Chinooks a little bit easier then, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And while the leaves are still on the trees, obviously for evergreens, the needles are there. As long as the um, local environmental conditions are favorable to water uptake, they're still taking water up. So it's important to water in the fall before before they drop their leaves, because then the tree is able to pull some of that water and store it locally mm-hmm. where it's going to be needed, either throughout the winter or the next spring. And another thing, when we're talking about water, we can also talk about fertilizing and sort of the same kind of deal. It depends on whether when you stop fertilizing or should you stop fertilizing? Um, I, that's a question that is up for a lot of debate in the horticulture industry. Uh, I myself uh, favor fertilizing in the fall, knowing that the roots are still active in the fall, giving them the nutrients that they need. Uh, Anything that they don't use up in the fall will be available in the spring. Mm -hmm. There'll be a little bit left over before you fertilize again in the spring. So I I personally am a fan of fall fertilizing, Mm -hmm. uh, especially as long as you're using the right type of fertilizer. So something that's maybe a bit lower in nitrogen, higher in potassium, uh, similar to how you fertilize your grass in the fall. You know, if, if it's okay to fertilize grass spring, summer, and fall, why should it be any different for trees and shrubs? They're, they're still plants. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and when we're, I mean, we have specialty fertilizers as well. So if you have evergreens in your garden, do you recommend using that evergreen fertilizer or at this time of year, can you use more of an all-purpose? I would use either an all-purpose or uh, something like a tomato and vegetable food. Oh. Uh, and the reason why is because, uh, because of the formulation yeah. on the, on the fertilizer, mm-hmm. you've got your three numbers, NPK, think of it as up, down, all around. I you want to give it that all around. Yeah. Uh, whereas a lot of the evergreen fertilizers are uh, very, very high in the first number, mm-hmm. nitrogen. I'll just throw some numbers out there. One that's pretty popular is a 30, 10, 10. Yeah. So that would be good to use in the spring or summer mm-hmm. uh, while the tree is putting out growth. But in the fall, switching to something like a tomato and vegetable food would be more ideal. I also want to talk about pruning because you mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast. Um, What kinds of tips can you give folks that might differ from the springtime pruning? For pruning, I I like to throw the question back Mm -hmm. and say, when is the last time the tree or shrub was pruned? Ah. And if it's been more than, say, three to five years, then any time is a good time. But again, it's horticulture. The answer depends on the species. So if it's a birch or a maple, you may want to wait until the summer so that you don't get any issues with bleeding from fresh wounds. Or if it's an elm tree, uh, you 
legally, we have to prune them between October 1st and March 31st to prevent the spread of Dutch elm disease. And mm. then there's a new threat, the emerald ash borer. There's no restrictions yet for pruning on those, although there are for moving any cut branches or firewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those those may come as well, uh, just so that we're not attracting the insect into the area. Uh, but for Dutch elm disease, it's different because we're trying to limit the attraction of the insect, which carries the disease, whereas emerald ash borer is just the the insect is doing all the damage. Mm -hmm. That that raises an excellent point. You know, would you recommend contacting your local arborist to see what the current restrictions are for plants in your area? Or is that something that you can just quickly Google? Uh, Most government websites would have that information. Okay. uh, But I definitely recommend um, calling either your local arborist or garden center and they'll they should have the information that you need as well. Very important especially going into this time of year because you know we have leaves falling and we're wondering what to do with the leaves and um, that could be if you say keep the leaves at the base of your tree or something like that could that lead to encouraging pests and disease on your trees? If you leave a giant mound like a volcano at the base of your tree, then yes, because then you're trapping moisture and creating an environment that's favorable for uh, decay organisms to proliferate. Mm -hmm. Uh, But leaving the leaves more like a blanket on the ground, I think is a great idea because Mm -hmm. they do become a refuge for a lot of beneficial insects. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of leaving the leaves until late in the spring or Mm -hmm. I guess personally in my case, my entire yard is covered in wood chips. So I, I kind of become part of the part of the landscape. <laughs> Do you, so you have trees at your house, right? Oh yeah. Lots. I've, I've always wondered this. <laughs> Yeah, Because like being a tree guy, you're like, do you come home and you just don't want to work with trees or you don't really like trees or do you just genuinely love trees to your core? Uh, I would say I generally love trees to my core. (laughs) I mean, yeah, my backyard is almost a nursery because I get um, fresh wood chips from friends of mine that work in the industry. And uh, all of a sudden they see all these seedlings popping up all over my yard and I've got oaks and little spruces and little pines growing up some maples and uh and apples because the load of wood chips uh just happened to be delivered in the fall after the uh arborist had dropped it off had pruned some apple trees Mm -hmm. and i have little baby apple trees growing everywhere in my yard oh that's so cute (laughs) that's actually i that i never thought to ask this before but if you have a fruit tree in your yard should you remove all of the fruit or can you leave it? Is there any benefit to leaving the fruit on your trees? Yeah. Things like doggo crab apples. If you leave the fruit on the tree, uh, come February, March, they naturally freeze dry uh, right on the tree and they taste like um, fruit leathers or like freeze dried cranberries. No way. Oh yeah. They're amazing. What? They taste great. Oh. What? I never would have thought to do that. I always thought benefit would be like to your bird friends or your squirrel friends. I never thought there would be a benefit to us. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I just like to kind of taste things. So <laughs> just pick one up and oh, OK, let, just make sure it's got the texture more like a raisin and less like a, a an over ripened plum, I guess. <laughs> My mom has a crab, crab apple tree in her backyard and 
Um, I guess the the fuel for my question there, at least, was do I have to go to my mom's house and pick the apples off of her tree because they're just sitting there and, you know, they get to that point where they start to like ferment and you're like, hey, it's time to so haul out the ladder and then you get up there and you have to get all the trees and then there's bees everywhere, right? It's honestly gotten me to the point where I'm like, do I really want to get a tr- like a fruit tree for my backyard just with all of the work that's involved? Do you have fruit trees in your yard? Uh, I've got an apple and I eat all of the fruit on it. So oh, for do. me, it, it making a mess isn't a big deal. Yeah. Uh, some species of apples, the fruit will stay hard and they're pretty easy to clean up and rake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some species like the doggo crab apple, for example, a uh, couple frosts and the fruit turns to mush. Yeah. And it, it can make quite a mess. They can be really, really messy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that case, I would recommend uh, before the frost gets to the fruit uh, to get up there and shake them off. Just oh. grab a branch, shake it, and most of it will just rattle down the tree like a game of Plinko. <laughs> You've made my job way easier. Yeah. <laughs> so thank yeah, you Yeah, you for don't that. have to pick them. Just <laughs> if uh, if they're ripe enough, yeah. give the branch a good shake and, and they'll all come right off. Back in the spring, we were talking about thinking long-term, right? So when you, before you even put a tree into your yard, think about that, the, 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 the journey that that tree is going to go through throughout the seasons. And I think a lot of people don't think about this time of the year when you need to harvest everything and make sure everything's off. And I know a lot of people they look forward to harvest season when it comes to their trees. I mean, my mom's coworkers will bring in all of these apples and be like, you know, it's a nice sharing activity. And then they all share recipes and it's a really special time. Um, Yeah. If you're not using the tree, then, uh, then it becomes a nuisance. I mm -hmm. know working in the tree industry for well over 20 years, uh, unfortunately I've, I've had to kill some apple trees Mm -hmm. uh, because the people just don't want to deal with the fruit anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And there's some local harvesting groups, uh, but there's only so much that they can do with the time that they have and Mm -hmm. however many volunteers that they have at their disposal as well. Yeah. Oh, that is right. There are programs to come and collect the fruit for you. There there used to be one called Harvest Calgary. I'm not sure if they're around anymore, but uh, honestly, with the price of food nowadays, why would you not want free food? Like there's so much you can do with apples. You can make pies <laughs> and freeze them. You can um, make dried apple chips, uh, yeah. make applesauce. Yeah. Um, well, this week's question comes from Diana, who emailed us social at goldenacre.ca. And she asks, I have a large deciduous tree in my front yard. Not all of the leaves come off at the end of autumn. What should I do with those leaves? Are they OK to hold on? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I suspect it might be a willow tree mm. or possibly a Russian olive. Those are so beautiful. Yeah, they hold on to their leaves really late into the season. Uh, you don't have to take the time and go and pick the leaves off. Uh, you probably could cause more damage to the tree than good in doing that, oh. you know, just with potentially breaking some buds off or breaking some branches. They will fall off eventually. Okay, good. I know... Um, Last year in the fall, we had an early bout of cold, which froze the leaves on the trees, on many species of trees, uh, especially apples and mountain ash, uh, before the tree gave them the uh, heads up memo of get off (laughs) before the the tree was able to release. uh, It's a hormone. Um, The tree wasn't able to release the hormone 
that uh, causes the leaf to fall off of the uh, of its attachment. Yeah. I did not realize that yeah, it sets so up they, a hormone to, to let go of the leaves. Okay, we didn't even get into this, but can we just go into why leaves change color? Yeah, yeah. Leaves change color because in the fall with the change of daylight and temperature, the chlorophyll in the leaf starts to break down and the other pigments that are in the leaf start showing up because the green is breaking down. So with reds, you've got uh, a compound called anthocyanins. Uh, your yellows, I think, are called cytokinins, cytokinin, and orange would be carotenes. So every color has its own kind of chemical compound that causes that color to show up because they're able to uh, once the green chlorophyll breaks down. Wow. So next time you guys are on a walk, Take a look at the different colors of leaves that are around you and then you'll be able to know that's kind of a, a little behind the scenes. That's really neat. That makes it extra special. Well, I hope, Diana, I hope that helps you in your autumn gardening adventure. And if there's something that you'd like to learn more about, you can email us like Diana did, social at goldenacre.ca. We are on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on threads. Feel free to reach out and leave us a message. And you can also leave us a voice note over on our website, goldenacre.ca. Head over to the podcast page and then right at the bottom you can leave us an anonymous voice note and we'll feature you in the show thank you so much john for being here it was a pleasure as always i know our listeners really love the spring edition of the podcast so you're always welcome in our little uh, helpful gardeners podcast room and uh, we hope that you really have a, a great autumn ahead of you oh well thank you very much it was my pleasure and i appreciate the feedback i really enjoy being here and helping out the gardeners and talking trees <laughs> and next week, Colin, it is an exciting week. We're talking about houseplants because it's houseplant week. You know what? That, is it really? Yes. The third week of September promotes the importance of live plants in interior spaces. And it makes sense, right? We're, we're starting to think about the indoors yep. a little bit more. Oh, that's why. Well, that, I love that. I've said it before. Uh, there's like really two times a year where I really heavily focus on my houseplants yeah. in the spring and in the autumn because mm -hmm. I have to move stuff around. Um, I didn't know they got a whole week, though. Seems yeah. Kind of greedy. It's a pretty big week. Yeah. It's going to be a jam-packed episode. Yeah. Definitely got to do uh, some work on mine. And one of the things I have to do is go home tonight and water them because I've been so busy. I've been a slightly bit neglectful on watering them. So I have some uh, thirsty plants right now. We'll tune in next week to see how many plants Colin uh, <laughs> survives. <laughs> biggest cliffhanger ever. Yeah. <laughs> next Sunday at 8 a.m. Mountain Time on your favorite podcast platform. Bye, everyone. <laughs>